New Orleans Saints rookie quarterback Jake Hayner amongst three Saints who impressed in the preseason win against Los Angeles Chargers. I watched the film, so you don't have to. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much, as always, to all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Don't forget that you can always subscribe and follow on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss the latest episodes. And if you want to keep the conversation going one-on-one with me, as well as take part in our exclusive film studies, exclusive Q&As, inside and early information, and much more, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash Locked on Saints today to join a community that I would love for you to be a part of. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jacksonola on your favorite social media, your New Orleans Saints expert, credential member of the media. You can find me as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network, Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation site covering the New Orleans Saints every Tuesday on the Locked on NFL podcast, and of course, here with you every single Monday through Friday, and then some on Locked on Saints. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked on NFL for $20 off of your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked on Saints, it's Tuesday, which means I watched the tape, I watched the film, so you don't have to. You can just come here, sit back, and enjoy the notes. If you do want to get a look at the tape and see me drawing all over it, talking about it, all of that stuff, you can head over to joinsubtext.com slash locked on saints. Get joined up there to see those here. I'm going to bring you all the notes. We're going to take a look at a player who impressed when we all wanted him to, a player who impressed when he needed to, and a player who impressed when he should have and really came up above expectations. That player is rookie quarterback Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner's first preseason game not great not the guy that we saw all throughout training camp and all that but this one in game two much much better we're talking about 11 completions on 17 passes just over 110 yards should have had what three touchdown passes by the time it was all said and done but Lucas Kroll dropped one in the end zone you saw one get called back because of a penalty Brian Edwards dropped one in the end zone uh there was one where he and Brian Edwards or he and Brian Edwards had just didn't connect on a on a fly route to the outside left. That maybe could have gone for a touchdown. So you can see the moments were there. But as you watch Jake Hayner, there's some things that you should really, really like about him and a couple of things that need to get fixed as well. I'm really excited. And I was actually talking to, talking to Deuce Windham, who's doing his own film studies over on YouTube as well. Make sure you go and check those out uh, about Jake and all of this. And we were talking about how excited we are about watching a young quarterback develop. And it just really made me think like, We've got hurricanes in Los Angeles. We've got indoor games that are nearly delayed because of lightning delays. We've got uh, an earthquake right before a game. And now we've got a rookie quarterback in New Orleans that everybody's excited to watch develop. So it's either the best of times or the end of times. But here we are. <laughs> it's really, really fun nonetheless. So let's take a look at what Jake Hayner uh, was able to accomplish over this time. So the thing that I want to highlight first is that Jake Hayner is very, very heavy in his delivery to the right of the field. And I think that maybe that's more of a 
symptom of what the New Orleans Saints are calling for him, kind of giving him some half-field read-type situations, even though they're not always, but still those half-field read-type situations. And they're leaning a lot of that to the right. The screens go to the right. The flats go to the right. Sometimes the emergency kind of safety blanket route is to the right and all those other things. So I'd be really curious to kind of see them bilateral that maybe going up against the Houston Texans. That could be a building a tendency thing that they look to break during the preseason with them. Could just be comfort, right? He's a right-handed quarterback. So obviously him looking to the right is more natural, but you definitely want to see him develop a little bit more all the way across the field. The thing that I do really like about Jake Hayner, though, is that his release is so compact. He's got some mechanics, things to work on, but his release is so nice, so compact, so tight. He can get the ball out quickly. He averaged about 2.67 seconds per snap or yeah, per snap when it came to time to throw. So that's from the snap to throwing. It's one of the reasons why he only saw three plays under pressure in this game. While Jameis Winston saw nine, his average time to throw 2.98. So some of that comes down to a couple different things. I don't want it to sound like I'm saying that Jameis Winston is just willy-nilly holding on to the ball for too long. We know that Jameis has had that issue in the past, but watching over the tape and watching Jameis's snaps as well, not a lot of separation from wide receivers during that time. And Jake Hayner was maybe a little bit more willing to test tight windows than Jameis Winston was. And I think that there's a little bit about him being you know, concerned about the offensive line and things like that too. Although the offensive line didn't really let up as much pressure as it seemed. They let up pressure five, six seconds into the snap clock, but not right off the bat in most cases. Obviously, there were some exceptions there. So for Jake, he probably got the better half of this in terms of the receivers getting a little bit more separation against the third string defenders, the offensive line holding up a little bit more, whatever it might be. But I think that it was the decisiveness, the decision making, things like that, that really kind of gave him a little bit of a boost in terms of his 17 reps uh, toward the end of the game and in the second half. And so when you watch Jake, one of the things that you're always watching is like, where are his eyes, right? So he takes a snap. He's immediately upfield. He's always up. He's not looking down at the line of scrimmage. That can be detrimental for a guy that is a quarterback of a shorter stature. Looking down at the line of scrimmage, you're missing everything that should be developing over the top. One of the things that you really love watching when it came to him was taking advantage of his throwing windows or moving his body to create throwing windows so that he can get the ball where it needs to go couple of really, really nice passes that he was able to just kind of move in. There was a nice little dump off that he made over the middle of the field to a receiver. That was him taking advantage of a throwing throwing lane that he had right up the middle and doing what he needed to do. The one thing or, or the two things that I would like to see a little bit more of from Jake Hayner is not staring down receivers. We did see that quite a bit. The interception or the not the interception, but the pass that he threw that was nearly intercepted to Lucas Kroll. I believe it was the last pass that Jake Hayner threw in the entire game. It was down the right seam. It was a good play. It was the right call. It was the right decision for Jake Hayner. However, he just stared um, Lucas Kroll down the entire time. And so the defender was ready to just cut underneath and make a play on the ball, nearly picked it off. So you definitely want to see those things pick up. But I will say he completed seven of his last 10 passes. So even as the defense was starting to kind of pick up on, hey, he stares receivers down, he was still finding good throwing lanes, good good ball placement, good position. You look at the touchdown that Lucas Kroll dropped, good position up top, gave him the opportunity to go and make a play on the ball. The big catch by Shaq Davis downfield to the right side, again, gave him the opportunity to go and make a play on the ball, put the ball where only he could get it high and over the top. Uh, the touchdown pass that was dropped in the back end zone, uh, that maybe we could make the argument, maybe should have been defensive pass interference as well. This was with Brian Edwards beautifully placed pass right over the top on the fade route, 
dropped right into the bucket for him, but the defender had grabbed Brian Edwards' right arm and pulled it down. That forced the incompletion, but you got to be stronger than the defender too. You got to want that ball. So I think that there's some things there that you see from Jake that you really, really like. One other note that you want to see him kind of um, develop over time in addition to what we just discussed with staring down receivers is use those eyes to move safeties. Use those eyes to look to one side of the field to open up something on the other side of the field. We haven't seen a lot of that from him just yet, but that will come in time with development when he gets comfortable with NFL speed, all of that. But overall, a very impressive day for Jake Hayner, who took a lot of heat last week and came out this week to show you, hey, here's the guy that everyone had been talking about all throughout Saints training camp. So it was great to see that from Jake Hayner. Really, really nice response to the struggle that he had uh, last week, even though he really started to rebound last week against the Kansas City Chiefs as well. All right, coming up next, we're going to take a look at the player that impressed when he needed to. That's linebacker Jalen Smith. Fantastic game for Jalen Smith. Let me tell you why. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by the Game Time Ticketing app. Game Time is the place for those last minute ticket deals. Don't worry about planning out for months in advance and all that. Game Time has tickets available for any event you want to go to right up to the day of the event itself. And you can get exclusive flash deals as well on things like football games, basketball games, baseball games, concerts, comedy, theater, and much more. And you'll also be able to take advantage of the fact that they are the fastest growing ticketing app in the country. And that's for a good reason. You get images from your seats before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect when you get there. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONNFL. You're going to get $20 off of your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use that promo code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off. Download Game Time tickets today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, a guy that impressed during Sunday's preseason win against Los Angeles Chargers exactly when he needed to, linebacker Jalen Smith. That's where we're breaking down as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Appreciate all you first or all you everydayers out there. I almost said first dayers. I appreciate your first dayers, too, if you're catching the show for the first time. Thank you very much for being here. But yes, I appreciate all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. Every day. So I want to take a look at Jalen Smith here because I'll remind you, I know I've said it a bunch of times, but not everybody watches every episode, right? So let me make sure that I preface with the idea that why this is important, okay? Uh, Jalen Smith having a good performance on Sunday might have sewed him up a roster spot with the New Orleans Saints. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him play against the Houston Texans because he's Gucci. He's good. He's set. He, he's, he's fine. He's going to be all right, as we were talking about in yesterday's episode. Uh, I, I do think that there's a good chance that Jalen Smith solidified his spot on the 53-man roster. Why? Because Dennis Allen said it over and over again that they were looking for that off-ball linebacker to be behind Mario Davis and Pete Werner, and they didn't have that guy on the roster yet. And that probably perked up some guys like Nephi Sewell and DeMarco Jackson and others around like, yeah, okay, here's my opportunity. But then Jalen Smith got in the building, and Jalen Smith has since kind of leapt into uh, our expectation is into that potential off-ball linebacker backup role, which is a fantastic player to have in that role. I don't expect to see Demario Davis next week. Uh, the Saints have canceled their joint practices with the Texans. 
He's certainly not marching out there during the game for the Texans. I think you just keep DeMar- Demario Davis, you keep Marshawn Lattimore on a nice little shelf, and you keep him up there until the season starts. Um, and that's a good way to go. And so seeing what Jalen Smith did last night or on uh, on Sunday night uh, was excellent. And, and, and so what was it that he did? Ross, shut up and tell us. Okay, 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 I'm getting there. So the thing that was most impressive to me about Jalen Smith was not that he covered John Hightower on an out to the field side and was able to get there in time to break up a pass, but it was his instincts. It was his trusting his instincts. It was his ability to read and react. So this was a big breakdown that we did for subtext. Uh, And so if you want to see examples of it, it's there, but allow me to explain to you. Um, Jalen Smith does a really wonderful job of reading play flow as opposed to reading the players, the play, right? So instead of him waiting to see, okay, that's a handoff and the running back is going to the left. So I'm breaking to the left. He's not doing that. He's watching the offensive line. So there's a fantastic play that is going, it's, it's a play flow to the right. He's sitting back and watching the play develop. Once the ball is snapped, the first person that moves is actually the right guard, aside from the center. But the first person that moves is the right guard. And what happens is that the right guard stands up and starts to turn left all at the same time. Like he's coming up and moving to the left. And so as he's doing that, you see Jalen Smith recognize that and go, they're running to the right, right? Remember, it's, it's defensive right, offensive left. So for the sake of this conversation, I'll strictly focus on the run direction on the offensive side to the left. So he's watching that play flow start to go left. So what does he do? Beelines. Beelines. Immediately. Not waiting for the handoff. Not waiting to see if it's a play action. Not waiting to see if the running back is going to be getting the ball. If he's got to change course, he'll change course. But be right on the first instinct. And he was. So he ends up pushing and climbing the, the, the lateral uh, direction of the line of scrimmage, getting in toward the outside and causing a guard who is also pulling or an offensive lineman who's also pulling to choose. Do I block Jalen Smith or do I block Malcolm Roach? And I'm not completely convinced that that offensive lineman even saw Malcolm Roach because Jalen Smith came screaming over the top. Jalen Smith engages with the blocker. Malcolm Roach cuts underneath. Boom, tackle for a loss. That's not going to show up on the stat sheet because Jalen Smith didn't make the tackle, right? It's not going to show up on the stat sheet. However, this is what you want to see. Not just can you go out there and make the tackle, which we watch him blow up Joshua Kelly on a five-yard pass. We saw his ability to go sideline to sideline on that coverage to John Hightower, uh, but now being able to also watch him climb the line of scrimmage, move laterally up the line of scrimmage, draw in a blocker, open up an opportunity for someone else. And on two different plays, two different run plays going to the offensive left side, watching him trust this is the way that the play is going. This is the direction the play is going. Let me get there. Those are the things that come with veteran experience. He's not waiting and reacting to what the play, to what the actual, you know, action of the play is, a handoff, mesh point, you know, um, is it going to be a play action? He's not waiting for all that. He's watching these, these linemen break out of their formation and go to the side where the ball is going. And he's, uh, he's, he's reacting to that. And so his ability to read that and react to it is what allowed him to be ahead of a couple of different run plays. That has nothing to do with coverage, right? Like that's just him being a linebacker and doing the thing that he needs to do. So you saw the coverage when his ability to take away that out route to John Hightower, which is not an easy route to cover, especially as a linebacker. That was another one that he saw developing, had the instincts, trusted his instincts, broke on the receiver, got in position, made the play. 
Maybe he hooked the right hit, but you know what? When your offense and your team has been called for 14 penalties for 141 yards, I think it's okay if one sneaks by, right? And in either case, and in any case, even if he would have been flagged for that, still would have been a good play in terms of his recognition and breaking on the ball. So now you have a clear option as an off-ball linebacker who can help you in coverage, but who you're not losing any of that run game prowess as well. He's a solid tackler. He's a solid coverage player. He's probably not going to win much as an edge rusher, or not an edge rusher, excuse me, as a pass rusher, but we have seen them rush the passer with him. He ran, he blitzed once during this game, blitzed right up the middle, occupied some people, things like that. We've seen him blitz during training camp as well, uh, particularly against the Chargers in those joint practices when we were out in Costa Mesa. Uh, But now you're also seeing like, oh, wow, okay, there's another backup linebacker that can cover and that can give you a guy that can still be sound in his fundamentals, trust his instincts and make plays in the run game, do the base minimum things, right? The foundational things that need to be done on the field. You're not sacrificing that if you need Jalen Smith to come in. So I think Jalen Smith has sewed himself up a roster spot and I'd be willing to write it in pen at this time. Uh, And I feel really good about that. I I think that you should too. I know that this was a position that the New Orleans Saints really needed to be able to address and figure out and just having one more guy that can go out there and help from the back or, or, or help in the second level as a backup. They found that guy, I believe. And that guy is Jalen Smith. Finally, one more player that I want to discuss today who impressed exactly when we wanted him to offensive tackle Trevor Penning. Did you think he had a bad game? Because he didn't. Let me tell you why as we continue on to wrap up today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. eBay Motors has teamed up with Locked on Fantasy Football co-host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy football advice that you're going to get every week, all season long. So whether you're prepping for the draft or scouring the waiver wire every week, we're going to give you the players that are going to be a guaranteed fit for your roster. With Uh, Draft prep underway for this upcoming season. Let's see who Vinny has picked out for us as this week's eBay Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Pick of the Week. Let's start off here. If you're looking for a player to take in fantasy football who's going to spark their new team's offense and also help you uh, pick up a victory, of course, as well, then you can use a luxury pick on Jaguars wide receiver Calvin Ridley. Ridley has Looks sleek during his first training camp in Jacksonville and was ready to rev up again after his time in Atlanta came to an end, taking full advantage of riding the riser in Trevor Lawrence as his quarterback. Vinny Iyer of Locked on Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy football championship. eBay Motors knows that a championship team is all about players being the perfect fit. The same goes for your vehicle. With eBay's guaranteed fit and over 122 million parts and accessories for your vehicle right at your fingertips, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. You need air filters, brakes, batteries, tail lights, alternators, shocks, struts, you name it, eBay Motors has it. And they'll make sure that it's the right fit for your car because eBay Guaranteed Fit helps you find exactly what your vehicle needs the very first time time. So go forth, switch gears, crank the AC, and say goodbye to sweating if your ride just needs a little fixing up, because now you'll always be set for success from the get-go. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, everything that your vehicle is calling for is just a click away. For all the parts and accessories that fit your vehicle, just look for the green check mark. Get the right parts, the right fit, all at the right price at eBay Motors. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusion supply. 
Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints with the guy that impressed exactly when we wanted him to, and that was left tackle offensive lineman Trevor Penning for the New Orleans Saints, the second year tackle who is expected to be the tackle of the future for the New Orleans Saints has not had a lot of opportunities, right? Missed the first 12 games of the season last year, then didn't really start until the very, very last game of the season last year, and then bookended his year with two foot injuries. So there's a lot of concern or a lot of question marks, let me say, around Trevor Penning going into the 2023 season. Will he be healthy? Can he be healthy? Will he be able to stay healthy? Well, uh, you know, has he lost too much time in terms of development time, all these other things? And we saw a really good showing from him against the Los Angeles Chargers, save one or two plays. But hey, such is the life of an NFL offensive lineman. You ain't going to win them all, but if you can win all but a couple, that's a big win for you. So I, I know that there were a couple of folks out there who were saying that like Tuli Tua Pelotu, excuse me, uh, gave, you know, worked Trevor Pinning and gave Trevor Pinning, you know, the, 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 just the, the business, right? <laughs> that's the best I could come up with. Sorry. Gave him the business. Um, and I think that there is one example of that, which got replayed over and over and over again. It was the one where uh, Tua Pelotu came in with the speed rush move to the inside shoulder. We know that that's always been an issue for Trevor Pinning. It's one of the big things that he's been working on. Uh, and then was able to get the tackle for a loss in the backfield after that. That was a run play, not a pass play. Um, and it's ironic that that would happen because, of course, everyone kind of agrees that Trevor Pinning is at his strongest in the run game and then needs to continue to develop as a pass rusher or pass blocker, excuse me. But I do think that outside of that play, and maybe one other, I thought that Trevor Penning handled Tuli Tua Pelotu, as well as the other pass rushers that he blocked and that he was involved with uh, very, very well. Particularly in the run game, we saw him manhandle a defensive tackle, take him all the way to, a all the, way to the ground. We saw him manhandle Tua Pelotu, take him all the way to the ground. But we also watched him just kind of use a lot of different techniques to counteract what Tua Pelotu was going against. Or, or was rushing with. Remember, Tua Pelotu is a big-time speed rusher. How many big-time speed rushers do the New Orleans Saints have on their roster that Trevor Penning is practicing against on a day-to-day -day basis? Not many at all, right? He's usually going up against the big, tall, speed-to-power conversion type guys in Cam Jordan, Carl Granderson, Tana Passanio, Pate Turner, Isaiah Foskey. That's who all those guys are. So for Trevor, going up against an archetype that he hasn't really played against very much, that was going to be a big challenge for him, however young Tua Pelotu is, because he is young as well. And so what was good to see was his ability to be able to use a bunch of different techniques to be able to help to mitigate the speed rush of Tua Pelotu. We saw him take some of those drop steps to make sure that he kind of knew exactly where Tua Pelotu was going. We saw him kind of what I call those judo moves where he just uses the momentum. Oh, you want to go that way? Great. Let me just help you keep going that way so you can't make a play on my quarterback. Oh, you want to go toward the outside? Great. Let me make you run the biggest arc you're ever going to run. So there were a lot of different things that he did that way, aside from just like locking horns with him and driving him to the ground, which we also saw examples of. So for anybody that thought that maybe Trevor Penning didn't have the strongest day, and I do not blame you if you were in that number, if you were amongst the people who believe that, because everything that was shown to you on the broadcast view was the one play where he got beat to his inside shoulder and then there was a tackle for a loss, which is a phenomenal move by Tua Pelotu. And not a great moment for Trevor Penning. Granted, 100%. You want to see that get fixed. You want to see that do better. And I think that there were a couple of other reps that I feel like maybe he got powered a little bit more. Speed to power conversion for Tua Pelotu has always been a thing for him, especially after he kind of bulked up this offseason, all that. I think that there were a couple of reps or maybe one or two reps where maybe you would have liked to have seen him keep the pass rusher at bay a little bit more. But outside of that, 
he held strong. Um, pro football focus, even though the, the grades aren't usually something that I would pay attention to, particularly when it comes to offensive line and secondary, but you can see the raw numbers, zero pressures granted or, or zero pressures uh, credited, excuse me, to Trevor Penning. And that really went for a lot of the New Orleans Saints offensive line. A lot of the pressures that came came late in the snap clock where you know the quarterback didn't have anywhere to go with the ball, kind of what we were discussing earlier, and therefore some of the protection breaks down. And we saw that a couple of times for Trevor Penning, but we also saw a couple of times where Trevor Penning's motor even outlasted that, holding onto the ball for five, six seconds, hoping for an open receiver. The other pressures that we saw came when the when their quarterbacks got out, out of structure. So either they stepped up in the pocket or moved outside the pocket or ran, or whatever it might be. Uh, so I really like what we saw from Trevor Penning. Uh, would like to see him not get beat, of course, by a speed move on the inside, on an inside handoff, on an inside zone run, um, when it comes to you know the run game uh, anymore throughout his time. But one out of 15, I think it was, total snaps that he took in the game is not so bad. Uh, so I really like what we saw from him. I thought he had a really, really solid game uh, throughout this, and I thought that he impressed. And performed well. Another guy that surprised me a little bit on the offensive line was Tommy Kramer. Tommy Kramer played, I think, the most snaps. I think it was the most snaps out of any offensive lineman or amongst the most snaps out of any offensive lineman. Didn't allow a single pressure. Again, outside of things that happen outside of structure where the pressure isn't really generated because the offensive lineman got beat. It's just that the pressure was generated because you know the ball stayed alive for a long time in the backfield and all that. So that's good news for the Saints. I've been very critical of the offensive line depth, so I'm perfectly happy to say when there is somebody doing well in the offensive line, particularly at a depth position, uh, but I do think that the Saints still have a lot to address there, and hopefully we'll have the opportunities to be able to do so, whether it be after roster cuts, before roster cuts, however it is they choose to go about it. But um, but in terms of seeing what their starting offensive line is going to be, Trevor Pinning, either James Hurst or Andrus Pete at left guard. Uh, Eric McCoy at center, Cesar Rees at right guard, and then Ryan, uh, Ryan Ramchek at right tackle. I think that that unit, as we see Trevor Penning consistently taking steps forward and consistently performing well, I think that as we see that continue to tick up, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about what you're going to see from this New Orleans Saints offensive line. So good stuff from Trevor Penning, good stuff from Jalen Smith, good stuff from um, Jake Hayner as well. I did my episode yesterday all about the players that needed to show more. So it was nice to be able to come back to this episode and be able to tell you more about uh, who did well and who impressed after the film review and the film breakdown. I'm really happy to highlight those three guys, although they were not the only ones that stood out. Those were the three notable players that I wanted to bring to today's episode. If you want to see a little bit more, join subtext.com slash locked on saints free for 14 days, $4.99 a month after that, if you want to stick around but it gives you access to all of the exclusive film study stuff that we're doing, as well as your ability to text with me, inside information, all that other stuff is there too. Uh, trying to make sure that I'm bringing you something that's unique while you're you know, doing a little bit of a bonus in terms of like continuing to support the show. So I really, really appreciate that. Um, coming up later on today, we'll have our live show once I get back home. Remember, the Saints are practicing in the afternoon today. So they're practicing until about like 6, 10, 6-ish. And so I probably won't be back at the house until like 8 but right after that, as soon as I get home, we'll start our live stream and then we'll get everything started. If I don't just stream from the dome again, I might just do that again. Oh no, they're not at the dome. They're not at the dome. Sorry. Evening, evening ones are usually at the dome. We'll be at the facility. So as soon as I get home, we'll go live and get y'all caught up with everything you need to know from today's practices. Appreciate you as always, all you everydayers out there making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. And I thank you very much for making me a part of your day 
part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, say hi. And if you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're moming them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.